listen, when I started learning about the Zohar, sometimes I get really excited and really turned on about the amazing possibilities, different kind of fulfillment, different perceptions, different worlds. I could almost taste it, or at least I really wanted to taste it. But it started to feel doable, tangible, you know? And then I got hit with all these doubts. I mean, I needed something practical. If what I have to reach for all this to happen is this unconditional desire to give, but my nature can only receive, and it will never let me do that, how am I ever going to ever break down this wall between them? I was so disillusioned. It was like I lost the most valuable thing I ever had. I didn't go to class for weeks, and when I couldn't take it any longer, I cornered my teacher, and I said, why did you open up all these feelings in me? I mean, if there's nothing you can tell me about what I can do with them, what's the purpose of all this? And he just smiled at me. He said, congratulations, now I can tell you. I was planning on covering something else today, but I think you guys are ready for this. There's two practical keys, tools in the method described in the Zohar. And what you have to do to be able to work above your nature, to penetrate that iron wall that separates you from that higher level, that higher level of nature that we call spirituality, you've got to put one key inside the other one. Today we're going to talk about the first one called the screen or the work in three lines. It's the way that higher nature is structured. So if you want to enter it, you have to work with what it is. Every other method from meditation to science are only aware of and they only work with one or two of these lines. But without the third line, it's impossible to break through that barrier. There's the giving force, the right line or plus, and the receiving force, the left line or minus. Even in an electrical circuit, you can't just connect them together or they short out and nothing happens. To get them to work, you need to put a resistor between them, but not a resistance to giving, a resistance to receiving. That's your action in the system, and the Zohar calls that effort the screen. The screen is the soul. This inner inversion, the building of an anti-egoistic intention, it's actually a sensor that allows us to feel what the Zohar calls the Creator. It functions like a resistor, a barrier to the spiritual field so that we can feel it. You see, as long as we focus on the gift, we can never feel the giver. We stay anchored in the physical world. We just unconsciously receive and the Creator remains concealed from us. We always think about fulfillment because that's what we're made for. The thought behind creation is an intention to make a creature and fill it with unlimited pleasure. We are the creature, the will to receive. It's what we're made of, it's not good, it's not bad, it can't change, and it doesn't prevent us from breaking through. We can't control the kind of desires we have, and we're not responsible for them. They come from the giving force, and so does the pleasure that fills them. The desires are not us. Only the reason we receive pleasure is us. That's the only thing we need to work on, and it changes everything. If I intend to receive whatever it gives, not for me, but instead to realize the intention behind creation, if I feel the pleasure only to allow the Creator to fulfill His desire to give, then my receiving turns into giving, and I enter and I unify with the supreme intelligence behind nature. So receiving remains receiving, but above that, 
my intention will be intention of giving force are one and the same thing, and we're both giving fulfillment to the other in the very same pleasure. The more strength I have to oppose taking pleasure only for myself, the greater the light that enters. In other words, the aim of my work is to have a constant aspiration for the giver, and this aspiration is also my fulfillment. So now, you're not controlled either by your will to receive, which is the left line, or the pleasure from the creator, which is the right line. You've become an independent desire to give, which is the birth of the soul. That's the first key. But to activate it, we need the second key, the second practical key. And we'll do that next time. A little exercise. This week when you visit your mom and she puts some of your favorite food on the table, see how much of it you can eat just so she gets pleasure from seeing you enjoy. It's not spiritual, but it's going to make things a lot clearer. How'd the exercise I gave you go? It's pretty interesting what happens when you invert the attention, right? It's a different world when you start to feel that pleasure outside of yourself. So listen, if you didn't do your homework, I'm just telling you, it's worth doing. Okay. Remember, there's two practical tools in the method described in the Zohar. The first is the screen. It's the work in three lines. It's also called the intention. But without that second tool, what you experience in that exercise, it's just a psychological thing. Now let's look at the second one. It's called love your friend as yourself. Here's what we know. Love your friend as yourself is the one idea that the human race has in common. I mean, every religion has some kind of version of it. It's this ethical arrangements of the world societies, they're all based on it. What's yours is yours, what's mine is mine, but I should treat people the way that I want to be treated. If I do good things for people, they'll do good things for me. So we do nice actions. Even if we don't really love the other person, we do these nice charitable acts. We can see how this works. Throughout the ages, we've ended hunger, we've wiped out disease, we put an end to armed conflicts. Everywhere, we brought about a brotherhood of man. And that's why we teach it to our children. We want them to get along, right? Well, they should feel good about themselves. They should be good people. The track record of the human race clearly shows just what good people we are. Just what good people this sophisticated manipulation of others in order to get what I want produces. Love your friend as yourself. 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 It's the most counterintuitive, misunderstood string of words in the history of language. It's also the most important, but we don't realize it because we can't imagine that it actually means what it says. I mean, come on. Love your friend as yourself? The Zohar tells us it means to reach the sensation of the other as your actual identity your own self. You're going to inwardly care for the need of the other to the same degree that you now obsess about your own, even more so, so that in your heart, what's theirs is theirs and what's yours is theirs. But don't worry, don't worry. Your me isn't you. Just fix it is. 
In order to enter the Zohar, we have to take the first part of the map, the screen, and enter it into the second part, love of friends. Together, they form a lock and a key that open the door to higher perception. Love a friend as yourself. It's the general law of the universe. And it describes the ultimate condition of our being called the world of infinity, in which the inner existence of all people are united into one general system, completely interconnected and completely fulfilled by the giving force. All of the other laws of nature are just less complete stages of this connection. In the reading and the study of the Zohar, we work to simulate this configuration in the intention we bring to the others studying along with me. Now, even though the work with the screen is aimed at attaining the same inner state as the giving force, the love of God isn't the general law. Because with the hidden creator, it's easy to fool yourself. But whether or not you love your friend, the person studying with you who shares the same desire for change and the same desire to help you reach it, whether or not you love him with all your heart, soul, and strength, that's always right in front of you. There's something to measure. It constantly triggers the need to apply the screen and go above your reason that tells you to take the pleasure of spiritual advancement for yourself rather than working on the connection that makes it possible for your friends to reach it. It provides you with challenges and setbacks you need so that you can build this desire that you don't have yet, the desire to actually bestow. The work in transformation isn't about the individual and his screen reaching enlightenment, but about the connection between us that brings fulfillment to the whole. When this starts to happen, we're actually ascending, entering the upper system. In that state, there's no difference between loving the friend and loving the creator. In fact, it's the only way to reach what we call the love of God. That's the way we reconstruct the supreme law of nature in our heart when we begin to ascend to the upper worlds. Because a man's life is where his heart is. When you're doing that work with and for others, it doesn't matter what you do or don't understand when you read. Knowledge simply doesn't matter. It's because this inner effort you're making, it's lined up with the correct matching intention to the thought behind the text. And because of that, it's possible to draw direct lines between your inner state in that effort and what the book is saying. Then you can feel that tender, life-giving light of correction in the book. It's as though you're putting on 3D glasses and you can see this ordered dimension that used to be obscured by logic of a person's self-centered desire. This experience is no more bound by the covers of a book any more than your life is contained just within your body and your personal needs. That's where humanity's headed, one way or another. You might as well know what's going on. That's almost everything you're going to need to know. So if you want to enter the Zohar, now you can. As long as you remember what you learned in this course. <laughs>